0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Deeds.
1: Your own personal Jesus. Mark Latham was born on the 28th of February 1961 in Ashcroft, Western Sydney. He excelled in his studies at Hurlstone Agricultural High School and graduated from the University of Sydney with a Bachelor of Economics with honours. He was elected Mayor of Liverpool Council at just 30. By 33, he was the federal member for Werrawa, and by 2003, had risen through the Labour Party ranks to become their youngest leader in over 100 years. In recent times, Latham has become a political commentator, and tonight, we speak about Donald Trump's first 500 days in office. Unfortunately, the audio quality goes sideways towards the end, but we hope you enjoyed the chat, the first of many planned interviews on Talking Dates. Mark Latham, welcome to Talking Deets. Thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for having me.
1: Monday the 4th of June marked 500 days of Donald Trump's presidency. We all knew where we were on the 8th of November 2016 when Donald Trump stormed to victory and Hillary Clinton as we say, got deets. Contrary to popular belief at the time, there has since been no impeachment, no World War Three, no economic recession, and the world hasn't ended. In fact, Trump has rolled back regulations, the stock market has hit record highs, unemployment is falling, he has engaged China to improve trade relations, he's brokered peace on the Korean Peninsula, and border crossings have fallen significantly. So what's your take on Donald Trump's first 500 days?
0: Well, it's a useful reminder, isn't it, that for those who are predicting an economic downturn, the stock market... Market would be shattered. Uh, The ABC's Barry Cassidy was one of those with such a false prediction. Trump has grown the American economy, unemployment at record lows, minority groups, unemployment uh, way down. Um, The tax cuts and the deregulation have been extraordinary successes. And the other issue, you know, I remember school kids um, asking people, would there be World War III? That was how bad the left wing media panic was. And uh, Trump in terms of the global agenda, has played a constructive role. Obviously, he's uh, brokered this uh, summit on the Korean Peninsula to try and sort out that nagging problem. Uh, I personally think it's in Australia's interest for the world's two great nuclear powers, the United States and Russia, to have cordial relations. Um, I know people are trying to do him in over Putin, but you know who wants them to be at each other's throat? Um, that's a, a risk to global stability. So on many, many fronts, uh, Trump has made progress and defied his critics. And maybe we shouldn't be too surprised because uh, every second day of the um uh, presidential process for the Republican nomination and the clash against Hillary Clinton. His critics were saying, oh, his campaign's imploded; play Trump is finished. So they've been wrong so many times. You know, these people have, have been wrong more times about Trump than most of us have had Sunday dinners. And it's quite extraordinary that they've been so wrong and he's made so many achievements. And I, I think this is an established pattern now.
1: The Americans have the opportunity to erect, re-elect him in uh, 2020. How do you see the remainder of his time in office playing out?
0: Well, if it's like the first 15 much you'd have to say that uh, there'll be more economic prosperity, lower unemployment, um, jobs, uh, an economy that's humming along, more initiatives and success on the global stage, uh, more success in protecting their borders, uh, legal immigration in the United States has come down, he's building the wall, he's fulfilling election promises, you know that's a refreshing change. Uh, people continue to bag Trump but on every front He's doing the things he said he'd do. So he's very pragmatic. He's not an ideologue. He's got a sense of their national interest. He's getting the results. And it's hard to believe that, um, you know, other than the uh, the East Coast uh, and the West Coast lefties, that uh, people would be voting against Trump in 2020, what they call the flyover states, which is really the mainstream of their political system. He, he should have a lock on those electoral college votes. And, and it's very hard to see how uh, he'd be, he'd be um, defeated in, in 2020 based on current trends.
1: And it's fair to say that Trump has landed the presidency on the back of a large popular movement. How do you think a similar movement could arise here in Australia?
0: Well, you know, Australia is different. And in some respects, Australia lags the rest of the world in this trend. Now, obviously, we haven't got a presidential system, which does make it easier for one person to emerge. Uh, you've got to do... Th- things here through the party system. And our two major parties are week, no doubt about it, Labor and Liberal both would know in their polling that public trust in their performance has fallen away. I think there was a poll and analysis from uh, the Labor strategist Bruce Hawker recently that 50% of people have either deserted the two major parties or they're thinking of doing so. So people aren't as rusted on to the two-party system. But a lot of the Australian minor parties uh, a week, uh, they've got deficiencies uh, they're either uh, policy ideologues that have got initiatives that are unsaleable or they're seen as not capable of running the country so we haven't had the surge in outside politics that we've seen in the united states and also some of the successes the prominence say in europe of a nigel farage with a brexit success or a marine le pen in france or a sebastian kurz in austria the the 31 the year old who's running their government or the, the emergence of a a, a group like Germany uh, in the uh, the german system um so we most recently in the five-star movement that's now in coalition government in Italy, these are all sort of political parties that have overthrown or, or put a big hole in the support of the political establishment. So in Australia, I think the mood is there. You know, the public resistance about political correctness, identity politics, cultural Marxism, the way in which a lot of Australians think the country's headed in the wrong direction. The mood is there. The correction will come and. Australia, but due to some of the problems in the minor party system, I think uh, it's going to come later than other parts of the world.
1: Now I'm just losing the connection a little bit here, so let me know if you can't hear me properly. But I just want to now turn to football. You were were born in Ashcroft and you spent a lot of time in Western Sydney. You've also stated that you support the GWS Giants. Now the region has a population of about two million people. Do you think Australian rules football can really catch on there?
0: Well, it's a slow burn. They're doing a lot of work in the schools, no doubt about it. I know in my kid's school see the GWFs, merchandise and, and jumpers, the colours, the support for AFL. Uh, my uh, daughter, for instance, plays AFL at the school. They haven't got a rugby league program. Um, it's a slow burn, but if you've got the school kids, you've got the future. And, you know, rugby league has some... Obviously, Western Sydney's been heartland rugby league for as long as I've been alive, longer. Um, It's hard for uh, AFL to get that foothold. I think it'd help if they played uh, their games a lot closer to the population centre. Of Western Sydney Rather than Homebush Which quite realistically now With the sprawling nature of Sydney Is a, is a bit of an inner suburb So if they could get a base You know, around Blacktown Or Liverpool You know, closer to the demographic heart Of Western Sydney I think that would help them But they're doing a lot of work in the schools Their crowds are disappointing You know, I've been to Spotless, uh Some of the nights there For instance The, 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 the final match against the Dogs uh, Two years ago You know, the place was uh, pumping But other other times it's a, it's a bit of a ghost town. So they've got their challenges, their team's successful. I think they, they sort of need to keep building on that success. They've played a bit this year or even gone backwards. But um, I think 20 years from now, it's a long, slow process, of course, this cultural change about footy in Western Sydney. But 20 years from now, I'd, I'd be very surprised if GWS weren't one of the re- you know one of the, one of the region's preeminent teams.
1: I'm sure we could go on all night about that, but I'm afraid that's all the time we have. Once again, thank you very much for your time this evening.
0: Okay, no worries, Steve, and um, enjoy your footy and go the Blues in the state of origin.
1: Thanks very much. Good night. Reach out and
0: touch faith. Reach out and touch faith.